0: Moncrief on News Talk. Often, the most on-the-nose political commentary doesn't come in the form of an article, but a picture. There's a long and rich history of political cartoons in Ireland, which continues today. In London, there's a cartoon museum, uh, and there isn't there an argument to have one here as well. Felix Larkin is a historian who's been championing this cause for quite some time. Felix, good afternoon to you. Thank you very much. How far back can you trace uh, uh, political cartoons in Ireland? Okay, I can trace one back to the end of the 18th century
1: in a publication called The Volunteer's Journal. And it featured the then Chancellor of the Exchequer in the Irish Parliament in College Green hanging from a gibbet. Okay, that's pretty savage. Pretty savage. And it was the editor of uh, The Volunteer Journal was a man called Matthew Carey, and he was uh, prosecuted for the cartoon, imprisoned, eventually let go, but with legal action still pending against him. And he absconded and went to Philadelphia, where he had a major career as a publisher during the period of the American Revolution and the period
0: afterwards. How interesting. I wonder what specific law he had broken. Well, I'm not <laughs> in I'm the context not, of d- uh, debates I, about hate speech law I, and all the rest of it. That's I know about
1: cartoons. I don't know about 18th century law. I'm afraid, <laughs> yes. but but I, I I you know I suspect that that you know it was just you know a, a form of blasphemy or mm, irreverence yeah, or yeah. Uh, a lack of deference maybe. Um, but uh, maybe it was regarded as an as a, an in, as an incitement to hang the man. Yeah. But I don't know. <laughs> um,
0: um. And, and most of the, uh, the cartoons that appeared in periodicals since that time were they mostly of a nationalist bent, or could that vary?
1: Well, it depends on on the on the bias of the journal. If you if you're looking at, I haven't done much work on on the press in Belfast, but I imagine there were unionist pro unionist cartoons in, and probably still to today. Mm. Um, but um, yes, they were they were largely of of a nationalist bent because that's what the journals were uh, uh, throughout the nineteenth century. So like, in terms of, of cartoons appearing regularly in journals, this doesn't really happen until the 1880s. Uh, up to that point, the, car, uh, the, the, the volunteer journal being an exception. But in the early part of the 19th uh, century, you had single sheet cartoons, which were bought like prints, um, rather than being part of... Well, you, you didn't have a popular press, hmm. Uh, From the 1840s, you have a popular press. From the 1870s, 1880s, you had a press which was being directed towards a more general public. And um, there's a concept called the New Journalism from this on a period associated in the UK with W.T. Stead comes to to Ireland fairly late, but cartoons are part of that. And the Freemans Journal um, in the 1880s, had a, had a weekly paper called the Weekly Freeman, which was geared towards country readers because they couldn't get the daily paper uh, out around the country. The distribution network simply wasn't there. So they had this compendium weekly paper and they had a full page colour cartoon. And these are often reproduced now to illustrate work on the Irish Parliamentary Party, on the land war and on the politics of that uh, period. And there's no equivalent to that in in the UK. What you get in the UK, uh, in London at that time, is uh, Punch magazine, Mm. uh, which is is an avowedly uh, satirical journal. Their cartoons, savage though they may be, they're not part of a news outlet. Whereas in Ireland, as early as the 1880s, in the Freeman's Journal, you had the cartoons as part of a news outlet.
0: Yeah, though I mean, interesting. But, the, even and maybe a lot of people might be familiar with some of those images that appeared in Punch. They in themselves seem to be, you know, one could argue, or something of a social document in the sense it underlined what the attitude was towards Irish politics well, and indeed, the Irish were indeed.
1: Like, there's been a lot of work done. Uh, on the simianization of the Irish. You know, they, they're they depicted as apes. My great mentor in cartoon studies was an American uh, academic called um, um, Perry Curtis. And Perry wrote an extraordinary book in the 1970s called Apes and Angels. Apes being the Irish, angels being the... English, as depicted in Victorian cartoons. And I i was an undergraduate at that stage, and I remember the excitement when that book came out. It was a genuinely innovative study.
0: Mm, and, and the, the, the simulisation then, was, was that a reflection of an already existing opinion, or did one fuel the other, if you know what I mean? I think it was a two-way uh, process. It, it fed into Victorian uh,
1: prejudice, but it also encouraged it and it reinforced it. And interestingly, when we come to the troubles in our own time, uh, that sort of image re-emerges. There's one particularly nasty cartoon, which was done in, um, I think, about 1979 or thereabouts, by a man called Raymond Jackson. And he, um, he has a man walking past a poster, Mm. for a film uh, called the, the Psychopathic Irish yeah. and with monster figures at the base of it and the, um, the acronyms of all the terrorist organisations in the North, both Catholic and Protestant. Mm. So what you actually got was a progression from an anti-Catholic, anti-nationalist view in the British press to just a simple anti-Irish view, or maybe more particularly, an, an anti-Northern Irish view.
0: Yeah. So, coming back to Ireland then, in, 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 say, after the birth of the state, I think the Freemans Journal was still in business at that point. The, 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 it went out of business in 1924.
1: Oh, all right, OK, so but, just about. Then, the yeah. Freemans <laughs> Journal was the first daily paper mm. to have a cartoonist and they imp- in in the 1920 they brought a man from London called Ernest Forbes who who drew cartoons for four years until the Freeman went out of business under the acronym or sorry under the pseudonym uh, Seamus huh. and that, that was the first spelled S H E M U S the very English way of spelling yeah. the name um, but that was the first daily newspaper. Uh, uh, cartoon, uh, so that is the, if you like, the antecedent of Martin Turner to today. Yeah, and now uh,
0: Dublin Opinion, though.
1: Yeah, have, Dublin when o- Opinion started today? in 1922 mm. and had a wonderful run of of cartoons of you know issues uh, until 1968. Uh, it's an in- incredible run, yeah. and and they were extremely influential. They their cartoons were political. Uh, their their chief cartoonist was Charles E. Kelly who was the father of Frank Kelly the actor in Ah. Father Ted so that humorous thread runs through but um, it was immensely influential and in fact during the period when uh, Dublin Opinion was published there was very little cartoon uh, content in any of the daily papers it was almost as if Dublin Opinion sucked the humour out of the uh, Irish media. It's only when it, when it's, it closes that that uh, somebody like Martin Turner comes into the Irish Times before Martin Turner, Nick Robinson, who is the mm. husband of Mary Robinson, was the cartoonist in the Irish Times. But that only starts when Dublin Opinion goes out of business. Yeah,
0: and, and when you say influential, the, the, when, when uh, I think Dev wanted to get a proportional representation. Absolutely. The...
1: the, the, the I, 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 in, in something I've written about uh, Dublin Opinion, I say this is Dublin Opinion's finest hour. In 1959, uh, Dublin, um, Devil Era wanted to abolish Dublin, uh, um, sorry, uh, PR mm. and replace it with the Westminster First Past the Post yeah. system. Um, uh, um, Dublin Opinion ran a series of anti referendum uh, cartoons. The classic one was, you know, three boys and a teacher it, standing in front of a blackboard, and uh, the teacher has three apples on the board. And the caption is under PR, each boy gets an apple. Under the straight vote, the biggest boy gets the lot. Yes. <laughs> and it is said <laughs> that when Sean Lamas, who was a member of, 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 De Valera's government at the time. It is said that when Sean Lamas saw that cartoon in Dublin Opinion, he danced with anger in Leinster House. Mm, I'd imagine I'd so. Lo- I'd love to have seen it. I'd love to have but seen it. But in fact, that referendum—if you—if you look at the results, that referendum was lost in Dublin. Mm, and it, that has to be the influence of Dublin Opinion.
0: Yeah. So now, is it just the Irish Times of all the daily papers who employs a cartoonist?
1: No, um, there's a young and very talented cartoonist called Harry Burton in The Examiner and uh, he's a very young man and with loads of promise. Mm. Uh, uh, he did a wonderful cartoon um, after the Dobbs case in the American Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade uh, where he, you remember that a painting, American Gothic? Mm. He, he He reproduced a version of of that b- bubble coming out of the woman's uh, um um uh, mouth saying my body and out of the man's uh, mouth, <laughs> my choice. <Right. laughs> <laughs> now, he, he won an international award for that uh, 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 um, uh, with cartoon,
0: and it was very well deserved. Yeah. Though it can be risky being a cartoonist, as we saw with the Netanyahu case in The Guardian, got fired for. Absolutely. Uh, 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 it, Absolutely. That may not have been intentional at all within that image well, that they were saying he was, you know, well, Shylock. Uh, well, yes.
1: Um, it, that I, I personally think that was very unfair. Mm. Um, I think people, some people, are very quick to take offense, mm. almost contrive to take oh, offense. And uh, the Israelis are particularly good at that. You know, anyone who criticizes them in any shape or form is dubbed anti Semitic. And that is not always fair. Um, in the case of the Steve Bell cartoon that got him fired, um, um, uh, he was showing Netanyahu with his shirt open, with a scar down his front in the shape of Gaza. Mm. And that actually was echoing a very, very famous cartoon from the 1960s in America, when LBJ, Lyndon Johnson, had had an operation, and vulgar man that he was, at his next press conference, he opened his shirt to show the press his scar. And the cartoonist David Levine uh, drew that image... With his shirt open, but instead of the scar, he just he he drew a map of Vietnam. Ah, Vietnam right. being the scar, yeah. And um, Steve Bell was picking that up, mm. and and uh, picking up that your heritage in cartoons, if you like. And anyhow, he, it was it was it was dubbed anti-Semitic because it, it was interpreted as. A uh, play on the merchant of Venice and yeah. cutting the pound of flesh, flesh. and yeah. therefore anti Semitic. Yeah.
0: That's all the more reason why we should have a museum of car, of political cartoons in this country. Felix Larkin is a historian of that and much else. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 pm on News Talk.